0: My purpose in this particular series is uh, twofold. One is to, of course, become more familiar with a personality or a character of the scriptures that God has seen fit to preserve for our benefit. But the second reason is to try to derive or unfold the wisdom of God in preserving an account of someone like Abraham with all of his flaws and his frailties and failures. And I think that it truly is the wisdom of God that uh, has brought this about. And I wanted to explore this and, in fact, as I'm exploring this, uh, I'm just pulling you all along with me, because as I go through this, I'm basically just sharing with you where I've been this week, and I want to I wanna talk about it on Sunday. And so, um, as we look at Abraham, uh, there is a tendency, you know, when we look at a biblical character, to look at them as, um, oh, I guess as perfect, heroes, but I don't think that's a realistic uh, picture at all or characteristic of what the Christian life is all about. The Christian life uh, from day one is about struggling and it would be different, I think, uh, for all of us if when we became a Christian that we did not have a struggle and that God removed everything that caused us uh, dismay or things, but that's, that's actually not the case. What is the case is that, again, in God's wisdom and providence, he has preserved these instances of people who allowed their faith and their belief in him to ri- raise them up above their frailties and above their failures. To the point that we begin to see that frailties do not define us, our flaws do not define us, our failures do not define us, our faith in God defines us. Which I hope to show this morning in this because, again, what I find, what I'm finding that I'm wanting to do is, um, and it's not that I don't think you listen, but I'm finding that I'm, I'm, I'm going back and recapturing certain things each week. But there's a, there's a reason for that. Tonight, I mean, today, and tonight, if you want to come back. I mean, today, today I want to look at the contrast of Abraham uh, from how he, how he did initially uh, when he decided to go to e- Egypt. And we saw how that played out. It did not... Did not do very well. But the difference and the contrast between Abraham when he decided to go there. But then when he, as we saw last week, he came back to that main road. And the scriptures tell us that he came back to to the place where he had built the altar uh, at the very first. And that was very easy for me to, uh, I guess, capture in my mind that Abraham just um, wanted to rededicate his life. I mean, he just wanted to get back to where it all began, and he wanted to start over. And what's wonderful about faith in God is that while we may not be able to erase uh, our thoughts and memories, God has promised that he would wipe clean the slate uh, on the day that we begin anew, or whenever that is. And so, you know, we've seen Abraham where, you know, when he was called, his faith was he trusted God, he left, he began to journey following God. But then at that, at that one juncture, uh, you know, we find where he, did, he decided to go down to Egypt and he ended up uh, doing and saying things and trying to facilitate and plan and accomplish things that uh, actually just didn't work out well. And the only reason that he got out of there, I believe, was uh, the scriptures say that God intervened, uh, but not on his behalf, but he intervened on his wife's behalf. And so I, I think that Abraham, if he's like us, which I think he was, that you begin to ponder your own way. You be, you begin to ponder, you begin to think about, you know, what you've done, how you've done, decisions you made, and you c- reach this conclusion that I, I need to get back to that main road. I need to get back to where it all started. You know, that's one of the uh, the flaws, I, at least my observation, and I'm, I'm actually a Neanderthal when it comes to operating a computer, though I studied a lot of theory of it. But one thing I've learned is when you get in trouble with a computer, just stop pressing buttons. I mean, just stop stop hitting keys and you gotta go back to at the beginning before you can get yourself out of that mess. Well, in this one today, I wanna to look at deciding to do things differently because we have an occasion where Abraham actually is put in again, almost as a test or an occasion where he could have done exactly the same thing that he had done previously when he decided to go down to Egypt on his own. But yet we see something different here. We see that he had decided to act differently when it came to a decision that he was going to make. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, in reading this, we're going to pick up where we left off, which is in uh, Genesis 13. But the scriptures say that that they got back from Egypt. Lot was with him. They had many possessions and cattle and everything. And then the scriptures say, uh, Lot also who went with Abraham had flocks and, and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for the possessions were so great they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. So here we have a very interesting uh, thing, okay, and it's this. They got back to where the promised land was, and yet though there wasn't a famine as there was previously, now there was strife. And beforehand, um, when there was a famine, it was Abraham who decided, I think I'm going to leave this promised land, and I'm going to try to strike out on my own and figure out what to do, which we saw how that ended up. Well, here it's not famine, but it's strife. Now, human nature is such that he could have done exactly the same thing. He could have worried about himself, worried about his own possessions, uh, because when he decided to go to Egypt, he began to fear for his own life. He wanted to uh, uh, not tell the whole truth about everything. And so he could have done the same thing, but he didn't. He did something different here. And I think it's because of what verse 4 says in this. It says, because when he made it back, as we saw last week, to that main road, he went back to the altar. He decided again, I'm going to trust God. This time, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do things maybe a, a little differently. And even though they get back and it's almost too much of a good thing. Had both, everyone had possessions and had all flocks and all, yet there were problems there. And so when we, when we look at that, I, the first thing I want to point out is there is a difference in our lives when we listen to God and we go to God. There is a distinct difference in how we live, how we act, decisions we make. When he went to Egypt, he had kind of left God at the altar and decided to make his own way. It didn't work out. He went back to the altar, got some things worked out, I think, with God. The scriptures say that that he went back to the altar and he called on the name of the Lord, Lord Haven't we done that? Lord, I am sorry for what I've done. I made a mistake. And from that point, we see now that he's going to do it a little differently. So Lot and he had many possessions. And we see that in this, though he could have done like he had done previously, he didn't. Here's what he did. Abraham said to Lot, well, please, please. Let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. And if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. That is so uncharacteristic of what we read about him earlier. In fact, he was so bent on going to Egypt That he actually, we don't have any record that he listened or talked with anyone. He just decided he wanted to go to Egypt. But here we find that he is not thinking in a selfish way. We we find here that he's thinking more of a selfless way. He's not worrying about his health. He's not worrying about his possessions. He's not worrying about himself coming out on the lower end of the deal. He's simply opening up to Lot, his nephew, and saying, whatever you want, I will do the... If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. But we want to do this differently. And I think here we see that Abraham, because he had gone back to the Lord, and because he would called on the name of the Lord... You know, the scriptures say, if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God gives it liberally. And I think that when Abraham called upon the name of the Lord, at the very least, he was asking for wisdom in how to make this journey, the journey of faith. Sometimes we need to ask God's wisdom and how to navigate the journey that we are on because we don't have all of the answers. We see here a difference in that he wanted peace, he wanted unity, Uh, he was selfless, he wasn't selfish, he wasn't thinking only of his own life like he was in Egypt. In Egypt, his main concern was, they're going to kill me if they know that you're my wife, Sarah." He wasn't thinking along that line. He was thinking more uh, in, a, in a more of a selfless way, and he was very resolved about it. It didn't matter. But the resolve did not come from his, own, from his own strength. I believe, and it's my belief, that when he called upon the name of the Lord, the Lord gave him that resolve to do and follow and trust me rather than yourself. And it was a result that we see playing out here. Now here's the thing that we need to understand about trusting God and and, and putting our faith in God. Like I said, first of all, there is a difference in our lives when we go to God and we ask him what we should do. But the other thing that is so important is is what the Apostle Paul wrote. Remember what he wrote in Romans chapter 8? We know that all things all things work together for the good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Before Abraham went to Egypt, he he could have used that verse. He should have read that if Paul had written it, but he didn't. He was worried about the famine, so so he acted accordingly. Here it didn't seem to matter to him which direction Lot wanted to go. He just believed that God would lead him in the way that he should go. The reason is because the scriptures teach us that God does not call us into a life of faith and then just leave us to walk the road by ourselves. He doesn't doesn't say, "I I want you to dedicate your life to me and I'll see you in eternity. No, he doesn't do that. In fact, the scriptures tell us that once we embark on that journey, as Abraham has, a journey of faith, what the scriptures tell us is that God walks with us. Here's what Isaiah wrote. Isaiah recorded what God said to his people. And and here's what God said. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk this way in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. We've been promised that if we embark on a, on a walk of faith, leaving behind anything that we may have, trusting God to take care of the baggage that we may be carrying. But if we embark on that, we've been promised that God will walk with us and that everything will work out to the good because we're trusting him now that's a hard step to take That's a it's a big step of faith but nonetheless that is a step of faith and it's beyond sometimes our you know like I say it lifts us above our failures our flaws our our fears it our faith in God raises us up from the lives that we would normally live leave without God Now, the interesting thing is, is we have another character here, and that's Lot. And here we see, I think, Lot. We see human nature, human nature at its clearest. In fact, it's the same story, different place, different time, but it always has the same ending. No matter if it's Lot, no matter if it's Samson, it doesn't matter. Here's what the scriptures say. Lot lifted up after Abraham said, whatever you want, you choose. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan and that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord or the garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt as you go down towards Zoar. So Lot then, it says, Lot chose for himself. Same story. Different names different people but it's the same story when we choose for ourselves, we find ourselves on a road in life that becomes almost untenable or unmanageable or unpredictable because previously we saw that that's exactly what Abraham did he chose for himself to go to Egypt and it did not bode well Lot is doing the same thing here. He chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. So Lot journeyed east. They separated from each other. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan where he was. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain. And he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Well, the first thing that can be said about this that I think is in contrast to Abraham uh, as he was today or on this day is that Lot was choosing according to himself what he wanted. And that is probably as far as human nature, one of the clearest things that is that we have to deal with. We always have to fight and struggle with ourselves with what we want rather than what God wants. I think the the, the perfect example is the Lord in the garden. Lord, when when he was praying, you know, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, you have the ability to let this cup pass from me. However, not my will but thine. We will always struggle with that. And Lot here, he saw, he desired it, and he chose it. But what this reveals is because he chose a place that was very, very wicked historically, biblically, secularly, archaeologically, we find that there's a lot of things about Sodom and Gomorrah that initially people didn't believe, but they're finding slowly that it, it did exist, and it, it was a bad place, wicked place. But this shows that any time we live for ourselves... We lack wisdom. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just wisdom to not go where there's a lot of evil. But yet Lot just decided he could. Uh, he lacked wisdom. He lacked guidance. He chose for himself. He determined. He looked. He saw. He desired. And he wanted it. Like I say, the same story. Different names, different people, always the same end. Any time we live for ourselves we lack wisdom we lack guidance and it's because we are not going to God and asking God and that's the difference that I saw and I was seeing between Abraham how he was and then now Abraham how he is and how Lot he is and I keep finding that human nature raises its ugly head in all of these accounts but but in that, what I find is I find that in spite of human nature, in spite of our, as I say, frailties and flaws, and in spite of all that, faith in God can lift us up above these things. And I'm seeing that over and over and over. The men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. When, he, when Lot looked out, he... he Again, from human nature, he saw what seemed to be beautiful. But here's what the proverb says. There is one who makes himself rich, but yet he has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. That's exactly what happened. When we look at Lot, Lot ended up, because he saw, he desired, he wanted it. It was beautiful. The end story, the end game was Lot lost everything that he had ever wanted. Lost his family, lost his possessions, lost his own self-respect, everything. On the other hand, we find Abraham doing things differently where he was trusting God to lead him on that journey. We find that even though he denied himself the great beautiful plains there, he ended up with everything. A family, as God says, is innumerable. Possessions, the land of Canaan. Something that will always be. So, you know, Proverbs has a a lot to say. But then the writer of Proverbs also says something that I think is extremely, uh, you know, accurate regarding uh, lot. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? Riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Though Lot could not see that, eventually that is exactly what was going to happen. Perhaps he never saw it coming. We'll see that later in our study. But I know this, I know that Abraham had decided to do things different. And so from that, we are able to derive kind of a, kind of a, a conclusion. When we go to God, as Abraham did, And we seek his wisdom as Abraham did. And our life is different as we see in Abraham. There are blessings from the Lord for placing our trust in him. The Lord will favor is a word that I heard yesterday. And I think it's right. The Lord will favor and bless the person who places their trust in him. Because here's what the scriptures say. After, and you know, notice. And the Lord said to Abraham after, the, after Lot had separated from him. Now I had to stop there when I was reading and translating. I had to think. Would the Lord have talked to him had he stayed with Lot? And I think not. Because I think even that was a choice and a decision That Abraham was making. You know Lot was his nephew. They were family. They were close obviously. They had possessions. They had all kinds of family history. But there came a point where Abraham realized. And I think again from the wisdom of the Lord. This cannot continue. And so after Lot had separated from him. And only after that separation, in other words, after Abraham decided that's what I must do, it was a choice. And he put his faith in God and he said, I will trust God to lead me and show me where I should go and where I should live. The the Lord spoke to Abraham and he said to him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. Such a stark contrast between an an uncle and a nephew. The nephew chose for himself. The uncle, Abraham, chose trusting God. The nephew lost everything, everything, all of his land, family, everything, yet Abraham was given all those things by the Lord. And it says, Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width. I give it to you. There is a blessing for placing our faith in God. There is a, a favor that He shows us. Not because we are perfect, because we are not, as we, will see, as we are seeing, But because we are simply believing God rather than ourselves or the other voices that may be in our world, we believe God. I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the uh, terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron. Very beautiful area, by the way. And built an altar there to the Lord. Again, what's he doing now that's different? Every chance he has, he honors the Lord. He worships him. He honors him. And as we were singing, he, you know, wants God to receive the honor. Because I think that Abraham knew that it wasn't about what he possessed that was important. It was about the choices that he was making. In fact, there's an old professor. An old professor a long time ago said this. It's not the gifts, the talents, or the abilities that we possess that defines us. It's the choices that we make. So the choices we make are this. In spite of our frailties, our weaknesses, our fears, our failures, in spite of all that, if we draw nigh to God... He will draw nigh to us. Which brings me then to Abraham as we kind of cinch this down for this morning. Abraham had learned that difference. When he came back from Egypt, he he called upon the name of the Lord. The scriptures tell us that if we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. We cleanse our hands, we purify our hearts. And we understand that the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. And that's exactly what uh, Abraham wanted to do. And the psalmist wrote, he said, incline my heart to your word, O God, and not to covetousness. And God then said in, in promise, he said, well, if, if if you follow me, then I will do this. I will do a new thing. I will make a road in the wilderness where one doesn't exist. And so Abraham just was trusting God with everything he drew nigh to God he trusted God with his decision he trusted God by what he had seen and what what he had been shown and he trusted God on his journey so for us (coughs) excuse me so for us it always comes down to choosing the road that we want to travel or the road that we should travel there's a big difference uh, big difference in the road we travel, depending on how, how we found ourselves on it. You see, Abraham, I believe, learned from his failures. And as I mentioned at the beginning, faith is a process. It's a building. And I think he was learning from his failures. In fact, I think he, uh, you know, learned about himself, that he wasn't as smart and he wasn't as, as uh, uh, fluent in making decisions as he thought he was. And so, you know, he, he came to, it came to bear on him what his flaws were, what his frailties were. And he made, I think, a very important distinction about how he's going to live his life. We live our lives, like Abraham, we live our lives with what we want to do or with what we need to do. It always is the case that when we live our lives by what we want to do, we're always on that road to Egypt or always looking in the plains, just making our own decisions, if that's what we want to do. But what we need to do is what Abraham did, call upon the name of the Lord, and he will guide our steps. Choosing the day, the road that we each travel is is something that each and every one of us have to make that decision. And once we make that decision, understand that, that when we place our belief and our faith in God and trust Him, that all things, no matter how it looks, all things will work together. Final, uh, final illustration is again the Lord. When the Lord was in the wilderness and He was tempted of the devil, he fasted 40 days. There was one of the temptations that the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Yet the Lord's response should always be our response. Away with you, Satan. You know, rebuke. It's written You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. So, this morning, as I think about that, deciding to do things differently comes down to this worship the Lord, go to Him, trust Him, because He will lead us all in the journey that is best for our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the time that we can come to your house and read your words. It's amazing when we read your words how so often they are so corrective but also so comforting to us at different times. I pray Lord that we would learn our hearts would be open to this, our hearts would be open to how that if we if we put our faith and trust in you that you will lift us up above the flaws in, in our human nature. I thank you Lord guiding us and how we, and what we should do to please you. But more than anything, Lord, I pray that there's anyone who struggles with their life and how they make decisions. Lord, I pray that they would just simply trust you and will give you the thanks for it in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we sing a verse and a hymn, Rock of Ages. And boy, that is so true. When the ground shifts below you, and your knees begin to buckle, this old hymn says, the rock of ages is the place to go. We'll sing a verse, and you can commit your heart and rededicate your life there, or at the altar. it doesn't matter. But the main thing is, let the Lord become your rock of ages, as Brother Ed leads us. 463. 463. As was. We... ages left for me. let me hide myself in thee. Let the world... Wall...